when you receive, you just start to listen. Oh my gosh, there was, there's a gift in that failure. There's insights. And when you start to receive those things and slow down to listen to those lessons and messages, you start to have manifestations that are, that come from feel, feeling good, pleasurable experiences. And so you become more connected to your relationships, that kind of openness and abundance in general with, with the people around you and connectedness to yourself and to others. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 479 with guest Angela Gia Kim. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you have chosen to spend your time with me today. And if you are working out, when you listen to this, I hope you have a great workout. And if you're driving, I hope that you get all green lights and have no traffic and don't miss your exit. I know that can happen to me sometimes. And maybe you're out on a walk. I don't know, walking your dog. I hope you're having a great day. And also, there are a couple of more openings for private coaching if you would like to work with me or one of my lead coaches. If you're going to work with me, there's kind of three different options. I can take you through the Daring Way curriculum, which is sort of a deep dive, and or you can have open sessions uh, where you bring the agenda, you bring your goals and priority of focus, and we get it done. And then the last thing is I do consulting. I've had kind of several people, it's it's a thing now, who come to me who want to write a nonfiction book, don't know where to start, or they want to write a book proposal, don't know where to start, <laughs> or they have something in that realm where they're feeling super lost, and I may or may not be a great fit for that. So shoot us an email if you're not sure, and or you can fill out an application, andreaowen.com slash apply, and we'll see what's good. All right. Today's episode, I have been loving the self-care theme. I'm also really looking forward to the next theme, which is women's health. I've been scouring, scouring the internet. And by scouring the internet, I mean looking who I follow on social media. No, I'm only half kidding. But I am excited partly for selfish reasons because I am going through some stuff over here like with hormones and all that. I just hired a new doctor here. Do you hire a doctor? I, I guess that's how it works. I have a new doctor. We start next Monday and it's all about like hormones. Is it autoimmune? Is it just being 47 and a half? What, what, what is happening? So stay tuned on that. But that's what we're going to be talking about in the next theme coming up. Hormone stuff, just general women's health stuff. And now I was thinking about it this morning. I think we should have a sex theme. I, I we haven't had that, and it's it's part of women's health. But I follow a handful of people on social media that are so interesting, specifically about sexual health for women. 
And it's, you know, it's kind of a big topic. And, uh, you know, I love talking about things that make people uncomfortable. So maybe we'll do that. DM me on Instagram if you feel like if you're if you're even if you're thinking there's a specific topic where you're like, I don't think Andrea has covered that. Shoot me, shoot me a DM. I'm always open to hear your suggestions on specific topics and or specific experts. All right, everyone. I am really pumped to bring you today's guest. I met her. We were instant friends, and I really think that you're going to love her work and just her. Angela Gia Kim is a former concert pianist and founder of Savor Beauty and Spa, a Manhattan-based skincare and spa brand inspired by Korean beauty rituals. She's also the author of Radical Radiance, 12 Weeks of Self-Love Rituals to Manifest Abundance, Beauty, and Joy. So without further ado, here is Angela. (laughs) Angela, thank you so much for being here. Andrea, I'm so excited to have a juicy conversation with you today. I know, me too. I had to pause there for a second because I had a weird throat burp. I hope nobody heard that. (laughs) (laughs) I would have never known. Okay, good. This microphone (laughs) picks up everything. I was recording with someone yesterday and my stomach was growling and I kept hitting mute on Zoom. I'm like, oh my God, this never happens. So embarrassing. Um, Anyway. It's so human. I know. It's so human. It really is. I, first of all, your book cover is gorgeous. It's so pretty. When I got it in the mail, I was like, (gasps) I just, I love a good yellow cover. It's so beautiful. And more importantly, the, the inside of the book, well, let me, let me tell everybody what the title is. Radical Radiance, 12 Weeks of Self-Love Rituals to Manifest Abundance, Beauty, and Joy. And okay. I'm, I, I want to cover every single chapter, <laughs> but we can't. <laughs> Where I want to start is the one that, you know, just like shot my interest through the roof was, I think it's chapter five where they go by week, week five, awaken your mm-hmm. feminine energy. Oh. You and I seem to have some, some stuff in common where I always thought feminine energy was just kind of like light and airy and like kind of wishy-washy and just like childlike yep. and just passive period. Yes. And I yes. love how you explain it. I love there's a how there's a chart. So can you kind of just, I'm going to just throw it out there and can you explain okay. to the listeners maybe what the difference is between masculine and feminine energy and, and why it's important for us to lean into our feminine energy. Okay. So before I get into the chart, let me back up and tell you, yes, yes, yes. I agree. I agree with everything you said about feminine energy. I used to think it was, you know, for people who didn't, weren't type A, who weren't going to go after their dreams. And yeah, as you said, like super passive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I used to be a concert pianist and then when I kind of had this career shift into an entrepreneur, I thought I had to compete with male you know, male colleagues, oh, okay. male mm-hmm. founders, right? So I lit, I went into male energy, masculine energy overdrive, meaning mm-hmm. that um, I feel like I became kind of hardened. I went from an artist to becoming a boss. I was like, make it happen mode. Um, NBC's Today Show even featured me. They were like, they had this early bird series and they came to my house at 4 a.m. and I would be up and they were like, wife, mother, entrepreneur who runs successful businesses. Her day starts at 4 a.m. And it was just like a crazy schedule where I was mm-hmm. doing my daughter's play dates and then I was attending meetings and I was very numbers focused. And, you know, I think you and I talked earlier about how 
when there's a crisis that often happens before a breakthrough, right? You yeah. break down in order to break open. So, um, and that's what happened. And I, I was starting to have panic attacks and my body was like giving in, but my mind was like, keep going, keep going. And that was such a lie, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think what ended up happening is I decided that I wanted to explore a more feminine way of doing business. I call it spiritual seven figures <laughs> okay. um, because I, I really believe that you can get to experience success in a completely different way. And it, it was just really connecting with my feminine energy, which Andrea, it's so, it's actually so much more powerful. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so let me share. Okay. Now that I gave you that backdrop, let me just share with you um, like the difference between masculine and feminine energy. Okay. So I'll just go through, there's a big list on page 120 of yeah. the book, but um, so masculine energy is like drive, assertiveness, protection, singular focus. Feminine energy is more about creation, connection, warmth, diffused awareness, right? Like we always say multitasking, but I like to call it diffused awareness where it's like, you can kind of be aware of a lot of things. You can read the room and also lead a meeting, right? Or mm-hmm. lead the room or and uh, read the room and also take care of your kids, you know? So it's much more about comfort, warmth, empathy, inspiration, flowing, receiving. That's a huge feminine energy um, piece. Um, and allowing and and then also connecting with the softer side of yourself. I think the masculine side likes to do, 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 and the feminine side likes to be. And I once I started to embrace this feminine energy, I noticed that it didn't overwork. I slept better. I felt better. I feel like I was a, a more empathetic, um, warm mom, boss, partner. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really, really love about embracing the feminine energy. Did you experience any of that in your own life as well? Well, I was just about to say, like, I had to experience (laughs) multiple burnouts before I finally was like, oh, there's another way of doing life. And I just, I do think that it's for some women, it's part of their personality to just be more, assertive and and driven and um and just do 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 all the time. I think some of it is like neurodiversity, like having ADHD like like I do. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and I think a lot of it too is cultural. You know, it's like we mm-hmm. live you can't escape it living in a capitalistic <laughs> culture where we are valued more mm-hmm. the more that we do. And right. all that to say I, I you know product of all of that myself and then experienced massive breakdown and then had to learn a new way, but also mm-hmm. it, it's kind of learn. It's like learning how to do a new dance. And mm-hmm. I have found that I have to kind of be intentional about it, if you will, and, and practice it. And I love, I love in your book, how you talk about these different beauty rituals. And I never looked at that type of thing as being in your feminine energy. And, and even just, if you don't want to call it feminine energy, just, just slowing down. That yeah. has been the hardest part for me. Just slow down. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't you have to be an emergency all the time. Right. You don't have to be in go get it mode at all time. You don't have to be superwoman all the time. Super it's mom. It's not sustainable for most of us. No, 
It's not. I think in your 20s and 30s, maybe. But then at some point, you realize that um, the stress weighs you down, literally, you Mm -hmm. know. And I, yeah, it just, it weighs you down. It eventually, as you said, you experience a burnout. And some people can't recover from a burnout as quickly as they want, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think on a side note, like nourishing your feminine energy it alleviates your stress lines. And when you're in better balance, you feel better, which is like, I always say it's the best youth elixir for tired skin cells, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I just, I, you know, my, I had a couple of burnouts over the last decade and a half, just from starting a business and writing some books while also being the primary caregiver and, and all of those things. And my dad died and, you know, just, just life oh gosh, as everyone yeah. experiences, yeah. but then the pandemic, and I know you had a big sort of turning point mm-hmm. during the pandemic. The pandemic for me was sort of my breaking point where my mental health, the way I describe it to people is like my mental health took a shit and they always look at me yeah. like, what? <laughs> you know me, that's how yeah. I talk. And then also I was diagnosed with an autoimmune, um, which the doctors say like, it's yes. usually like always lurking in the background and then something happens and it just kind of gets triggered Triggers and you it. start to see symptoms. Plus being perimenopausal, I'm 47 yes. now. So uh-huh. that was, my body was like, we're done. <laughs> yeah. A new way of living. It's a new lifestyle. It is a actually. new lifestyle. Yeah. I feel like I've turned a corner. So tell us about, cause you experienced, you know, big life change by getting divorced. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so in the book, you talk about how that experience deepened your self-love and helped you develop a healthy mm-hmm. mindset, even towards dating in your forties. So can you walk us through that time? Yes. So um, just backing up a little, you know, the word divorce is like not allowed in my family and in my, you know, my mom, especially my mom's like ethos, right? So okay. for me to get to the place where I was okay with it and I had come to accept it and then I was ready to act on it, um, that was huge. It was so huge because I remember thinking, I told my friend the first time and I was like, you know, my, my ex-husband and I were going to get separated and she was like shocked because no one knew, you know, because oh, really? actually my, my ex-husband and I um, are friends, you know, and mm-hmm. so and we don't have one of these um, disastrous divorces. We were actually, we came to it very peacefully and, and it's, it was just a natural growing of separate ways. He preferred the country. I preferred the city. We realized our life goals were no longer in sync. And so it wasn't like this, like drawn out, horrible thing. In fact, we got divorced for under $2,000. We didn't hire lawyers. We did all the mediation ourselves. Oh, wow. And it was just our easy. therapist was like, yeah, it was just very easy divorce, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're um, on the same page with uh, co-parenting. And I feel very fortunate about that. Um, but, you know, so no one knew. It was a shock to everyone. And she said, well, what, how are you going to tell your mom? Because she knows my mom. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not, I'm not going to tell her. She said, what do you mean? And I said, well, so, you know, she's 75. Okay. And I want her to live till she's a hundred. So I'll just keep the secret for 25 more years. <laughs> so that's, I wanted to give that backdrop because it, I just want to share that, that it was a very hard thing for me to do. Um, but I think like it was 2020, the year of the pandemic. So mm-hmm. it was, we were mandated to shut down our spas and then on top of it, you know, there's this divorce. And now I was all alone with my daughter, a single mom in Manhattan. 
And I was just scared. I was scared yeah. out of my mind on so many levels. Like, can I afford to live on my own in Manhattan, keep my daughter here in school? And just like, can I do this? And then it was the question of, well, what now? Am I going to be alone? Like, what, what do I do? Like, mm-hmm. I'm used to having a spouse and it's 20 years, Andrea. Wow. 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, it was, oh my gosh, now I have to tell my mom. And then on top of it, I need to like, what are my friends going to think? Right. So it was just so many self-constructed prison self, uh, prison bars that I had, you know, self-imposed on myself. So it was a really rough period. And the only thing that helped me through it was self-love, honestly, acceptance, self-approval, like it's okay. I don't actually don't care what anybody thinks. It's okay. I'm going to tell my mom and I'm going to just live with the repercussions of her disappointment in me. It's okay. And you know, the funny thing is when I told my mom, she didn't flinch and she said, oh, Angie, I knew it. Really? <laughs> I, yes. And I was just like, I almost started crying. I was like, oh my God. Like she, she How said, she I saw I don't know. No one else knew, but she she's my mom, so she's she mom. just mm-hmm. knew. Yeah, yeah. I'm my like mom's getting known the tr- things like that would, that I thought I was hiding really well. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> that I was mom's successfully hiding known. from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes, she's new. So so I was like, oh my gosh, I it, that was kind of my first realization that like, who cares what anybody thinks? Because they're probably not even thinking that much about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your life. True all these self-love rituals that I wrote in the book, because I wrote the book during the pandemic, um, they were all self-love rituals that I used to heal myself. And my mom, speaking of her, she says something very important, and it's the premise of this book. It's treat your skin like the most expensive silk on earth. And I think that's such a beautiful metaphor for treating ourselves like the most expensive silk on earth. And what does that mean? It's treating ourselves like we deserve the nourishment and deserve is a big word Mm because most of us, many women don't feel like we deserve love. And so we're the last on the list. We deserve to, to nurture ourselves. And the first ritual in the book is wash your face. I teach you how to double cleanse using a Korean beauty technique. Korean women are very obsessed with their skin. So my Mm -hmm. mom was as well. And I, I grew up watching her wash her face, massage her face. She had glistening, almost a wet skin, you know, where it was dewy, moisturized, radiant. And she really took beautiful care of her skin. She's now entering into her eighties and she, she's, um, she just has gorgeous skin. People come to our, I have spas in the city in Manhattan and our estheticians will work on her face and they'll say, oh my gosh, her skin is like a 40 year old woman, you know? She taught me treat your skin like the most expensive silk on earth. And I think that means take the time to, you know, how we treat our skin is how we treat our souls. So I learned how to treat my soul through how to treat my skin. So even taking one minute to wash your face, you will be shocked, Andrea, at how many women have a hard time taking one minute to wash your face Mm -hmm. at night. Yeah. And that, that washing your face is very symbolic because what a lot of women don't know is if you go to bed with not washing your face, you're going to bed with sweat, um, blocking your pores, sebum, toxins from the day, dirt, debris in your pores, which either will help make you break out or it breaks down the collagen in your skin, which makes you age faster. 
And so I like to view washing your face as a spiritual ritual where yes, on your skin, you're taking out all the dirt and debris and you're softening your skin and you're moisturizing it. But also you can do that for your soul at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to bed purified and I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm not going to worry about my to-do list. I'm leaving that outside of my bedroom door and I'm going to go to bed cleansed, refreshed, rejuvenated so that I can have a good night's sleep. It's just a small little one minute reminder, you know, and when you look at that, as a very powerful ritual and and symbolic stance on non-negotiable time. I, I tell women to do this throughout the 12 weeks. Um, it can be life-changing because it's a small transformative change that then you start applying to other aspects of your life. Well, if I can take one minute to wash my face, can I take five minutes to stretch my body mm-hmm. and tell everyone in the house to leave me alone? Can I take an extra five minutes to do some planning and meal planning? Can I take another five minutes to plan out my day so it does not feel rushed and chaotic? Can I take five minutes, 10 minutes even to meditate? You know, and so it just starts with one small change that can help change your life. Just gross so from I there. Do- yeah. Do you wash your face at night, Andrea? So I didn't wash, I didn't start washing my face. No, mm-hmm. I think probably washing my face and, and wearing sunscreen was sort of when I finally started that ritual together. Mm-hmm. I definitely don't remember doing it in my early thirties or no, my mm-hmm. late twenties, but I think in my early thirties, like that's when I had like my life breakdown and everything changed. And I finally started taking care of myself. Um, so mm-hmm. I was late to the game. I don't know. That might be for that time for my age. Cause my daughter's 12. She's going to be 13. As oh, we're recording this. She's going to be 13 tomorrow. And she's oh been gosh. washing her face <laughs> for about, oh. about a year, maybe, maybe two years now. And I watch her and I'm like, I never would even think <laughs> of doing mm. this when I was her age. Yeah. And I'm so yeah. glad that these girls are starting that younger. So one time, a quick story. Years ago, someone tagged me in on Instagram stories and she said, she was like doing her skincare or something. And she goes, and I'm taking a note from Andrea Owen. Don't forget your neck because mm. if there's one thing I would go back and change, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remembering to put sunscreen. When I did start doing sunscreen, it was just on my face and I forgot my neck and chest. And I'll tell you what, that neck shows your age in the tops of your hands. I now have sunscreen. I carry sunscreen in my purse. And when I'm driving, I put it on the tops of my hands. It's, it's like these little things <laughs> that we don't, oh many of gosh. us don't think about. Things have changed but that I certainly didn't think of. Okay. You know what? I will say (laughs) this. You just taught me something about skincare because I, I don't put it on my neck. I don't put sunscreen on my neck and my hands. And that is huge. I'm going to talk to my estheticians about this. I'm going to tell them Andrea Owen just, Mm -hmm. yes, neck and chest and hands. That's beautiful because you're right. Um, Well, I'm always saying, don't forget to moisturize your neck, your decollete and your hands, because most women, what they'll do is they'll, they'll moisturize their face. And to my horror, they'll, they'll wipe their hands with a towel. And I'm like, no, take all that cream, amazing cream Mm -hmm. and apply it to your neck and decollete and hands. So I'm really glad you mentioned the SPF on that note, SPF. So, you know, I always think the skin can teach us 
soulful lessons, right? So SPF is a great way to remind yourself when you're putting it on that you're protecting your skin from harmful rays mm-hmm. um, that can really wreak havoc on your skin. And you can even, I even think of that and I'm like, well, that even teaches us healthy boundaries in general. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, and I have a chapter in the book about um, how to say no um, in a way that feels Cause I think women have a hard time saying no and putting up boundaries because 100%. they don't want yeah. to be mean. Right. Right. Well, um, that's, it's a misconception about what boundaries actually look like. Ooh, you sound like you know a lot about that topic. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you said so that no, with I a lot of authorities and now I want to interview you around that. <laughs> but yeah. So like I, in the book, I, I give ways that you can say no, that feel you know what? You're, you know what? You're not really saying no. You're saying yes. You're saying yes to yourself. Yes. Mm. Is that, yeah, I know you and I should, should talk again about boundaries. We Um, have a whole, we have a whole episode just on boundaries, but I think that that's a common misconception that, that setting boundaries needs to be confrontational, that it needs to be an ultimatum, that it's, you know, a precursor to, to falling apart of a romantic or, you know, platonic relationship. And it's not, I mean, it's just, you know, I love Brene Brown's definition of it. She said, it's just really like what is okay and not okay in in your life. And I want to say this too about boundaries. Here's how I describe it. It's easy for me, not easy, but it's much easier for me to set a boundary with my neighbor or with my kid's Mm -hmm. teacher or with a colleague than it is for me to set a boundary with a family member. Mm. I will procrastinate on that forever and ever. Amen. (laughs) Mm. I always want to be transparent about it because because I talk tend to talk about boundaries so matter of factly, I don't want anyone to think that they're there's it's supposed to be easy. It's it's mm-hmm. one of the hardest conversations you'll ever have. Boundaries is kind of about standards, right? Like 100%, if yeah. you take it a little bit deeper, it's kind of like having certain standards in your life that it's a quiet shift, but it's mm-hmm. very powerful. If you're just like, that needs to rise to my standard and it doesn't have to be haughty. It doesn't have to be arrogant. It's just, this is my standard. And if it's not there, I don't need to accept it into my life. Right. And even I talk about like, even nature has boundaries, like the mountains stop, the ocean starts, the trees, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like there's the sand and there's the ocean. Like even nature understands the power of these where do they start? Where do they stop? And you can coexist in a beautiful way, right? I look to cats for um, oh. <laughs> for inspiration or ba- of boundaries. I saw I probably Tell saw me it about on TikTok. That. Well, some somebody was saying that she never trusts, you know, like when she's dating in a heterosexual relationship, she never trusts a man who doesn't like cats because cats have boundaries. Yeah. Um, and if you think about it, they sure do. Like they don't usually like yeah. to be petted without their own consent. Um, if you just, you know, watch a cat's behavior, they have really strict boundaries. And and her her whole philosophy was people that don't like cats tend to not like people who have boundaries themselves. If you're anything like me, you wear lots of different hats in your life and you have a million things going on in your mind all at once, and it can be really difficult to shift gears and get in the mood. With Dipsy, you can relax and focus on what makes you feel 
good. Dipsy brings scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and characters, no matter what you're into, no matter what turns you on. You can find stories that are about that intriguing coworker that has a British accent or maybe hooking up with your hot spinning instructor. It's an app with hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and they now offer written stories. For listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash noise. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipseastories.com slash noise, dipsystories.com slash noise. I take a lot of lessons away from the rooms of recovery that aren't aren't just helpful in recovery. They're helpful in everyday life. And one of those is how important it is to focus on the solution rather than the problem. And I get that it can be really hard to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode rather than just problem-obsessing mode <laughs> when you're faced with challenges in your life. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, it's incredibly empowering. And a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, whatever those goals are. And I've told you all that I've been in therapy on and off for 30 years, and it's been enormously helpful. I highly recommend therapy. BetterHelp is a great option if you're thinking about giving therapy try, even if you've been in therapy for a long time like I have. It's entirely online. It's super convenient and it is affordable. You fill out a brief survey, you get matched with a therapist, you can switch therapists at any time. I absolutely love it. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash kickass today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash kickass. I want to switch switch gears here because I'm super curious about this and I would love for you to tell the audience because in the book, you talk about planning self-care sabbaticals and self-love mm-hmm. adventures and mm-hmm. sort of like inspiration getaways that restore your soul and of course, restore your skin. So do you have, you know, can you just talk about that generally speaking or if you have some tips mm-hmm. for planning those? Okay. Yes. I love it. It's, these are what I officially call like radiance retreats. Um, I started going on this when um, d- when I got separated from my my husband at the time. The first day, because my daughter and I are very close, so she's also twelve, going on thirteen, mm-hmm. and we are very close. And I don't think I even spent one night apart from her in her the first decade of her life, you know. Mm-hmm. And so when we started, she started going to her dad's on the weekends. Um, I was just like, oh my god. I'm separated from my daughter for the first time. I was not used to being alone with a blank canvas of unfilled, unscheduled time. And so my first instinct was just to be depressed and curl up in bed and just stay in bed all day watching like Real Housewives. Just lonely. lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lonely. And just picking out on cookies or whatever I could get on. You know, I, I tried to do gluten-free. I would eat anything gluten, just kind of self-sabotaging. Um, and then I just woke up the next morning, I I was like, you know what, I am going to raise my vibration. And I'm going to learn how to shine on my own, not as a mom, not as a wife, not as a business owner, but just me myself. And I live in the best playground in the world, New York City. Mm -hmm. And 
So I decided I was going to go, I created a planner. I have a self-care planner called the Save Your Beauty Planner. And I just took out a pen and I brought out the planner and I planned my weekend. And it was the most fun I'd ever had. I call, as you said, I called it a self-love adventure, self-care sabbatical. This is going to be all about me. And I was going to step beyond my concert uh, uh, comfort zone and do things I'd never done before and with strangers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, and my only intention was I'm going to feel good unconditionally. So I did like meditations. I hosted a self-care supper in my house with three strangers. Oh I was gosh, part of a show neat. I know. I was a part of a women's networking group and I just threw out an invitation. I said, hi guys. So I am doing a self-care supper tonight or um, in a few days. Does anybody want to come? And I'll say yes to the first three people who say yes. So I gathered like three strangers. They were all women entrepreneurs and we got together. I cooked a new Korean dish recipe. I'd never cooked really before. And then like I would read books. I went, I joined an emotional fitness gym downtown where there's fitness. That is so Manhattan. Like say more about that. (laughs) So it's just a, it's a frequency dome where you go in and all these people go into this like tent inside and they have like this like kaleidoscope in the ceiling. And then you do like, like breath work with this amazing uh, music. And it just feels like you're really high on psychedelic drugs, but you Mm -hmm. didn't do anything but breathe, you know? Okay. And then like I went to a sound I went to a sound bath. I don't know if you've ever heard of sound baths. I've heard of but, them. I don't know what they are though. So it's like a gong with a sound bowl and they put it all over your body like these sound bowls and then they they you know and so the vibration heals your body. So I I did that and I met a friend there and I didn't know who, you know, he just seemed like a really nice guy. We became friends on Instagram. He was like, Hey, he's the one that introduced me to the emotional fitness gym. He was like, do you want to go to this with me? And I was like, yes. (laughs) And so I was just like this in my forties, like, just like, wow, this is like so exciting. You know, it's a new chapter in your life. Yeah. That's it was a new chapter in my life. And I started to understand the power of people a schedule mm-hmm. and and experiences. And I was just like, I am going to do this every time I have a chance because I want to raise my frequency so that I can live my highest self. If that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, well, what tips would you have for someone who, you know, isn't close to Manhattan or LA where those types of things happen and might be on um, more of a budget? Like what are I you know, raise yeah. his hand over here. I'm like, there's, unfortunately, yes. there's no sound baths in rural North Carolina. <laughs> yes. Okay. But the next time in well, Manhattan, yeah. I'll call you. <laughs> okay. Um, well, here's the thing, Andrea, the thing you can do all of this for free on, on YouTube, which is That's something true. that I would do mm-hmm. as well. So if you just go on YouTube and in fact, a lot of the stuff I do is for free. Like I, Oh, I started walking at home. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so if you just do walking at home in Google or sorry, uh, YouTube, there are so many amazing videos. Um, You can get some of those videos. uh, I use them as resources at radicalradiance.com. There's uh, if you put in YouTube sound bath, you you get hundreds of sound bath experiences and you can just play it and meditate to it. Um, If you want to do breath work, you can also you know, YouTube that as well. And then if you want to go deeper, I often, you know, will Google it and then you can do, um, you know, all of these things on 
online. So a lot of things are Airbnb experiences as well. Mm -hmm. So I did a lot of like tarot card readings on Airbnb um, experiences. Did you know that Airbnb has these experiences? I didn't. Is that new? Yeah. Well, it happened during, you know, the pandemic. And then there's cooking classes on Airbnb. There's so many experiences that I did. It's not like, I would love to do that. Like kind of like a girl's trip type of thing, because I've been sober for almost 11 years now. And like, I don't, you know, it's not like a, you know, like let's get a bunch of champagne and get shit face drunk. And like, I've, I've done that. It was super fun. (laughs) Different chapter in my life too. (laughs) But I, that's what would be really amazing for me to do with a bunch of women is like, especially if you're all spread out in the United States. And I know a lot of you listening, you know, your friends are all over and, you know, maybe once a year or every other year or whatever, you just find a central place and do some of those activities at an Airbnb. And I personally want to like dance around a fire naked to Stevie Nicks music, but also sound bath is nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But see, here's the thing. If you just go on Airbnb online experiences, they have so many fun, 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 fun things. Like I lived, like, this is what I did during and during the pandemic. And these are self-care sabbaticals. These are radiance mm-hmm. retreats, cooking classes, hidden jazz club. There's, I did uh, a laughing class on Airbnb oh online experiences. Um, you can do numerology. So like, that's the thing. And a lot of these things are pretty cheap. It's like $11, mm-hmm. 19, you know what I mean? So these radiance retreats are really important to amp up your, Radiance. Yeah. And when you feel radiance is a very important word because it's like when you're radiating um your like beautiful essence and high energy, like high vibrations, you attract uh like frequency into your life. That's yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm I'm the only reason I'm chuckling is because I've definitely had the opposite. <laughs> yes. You and and I think during that time, and I know you can relate to this, Andrea, like after a divorce or after a breakup or after, it doesn't even have to just be a divorce. It can be, you know, after, if you're in a job at a job that you don't enjoy or, you know, just like anything that brings you down, Mm -hmm. we all can relate to feeling depressed, feeling down, feeling just generally um, crappy. Yeah. I think during those moments, that's when you can really tap deep and say, I can change this. And you go on your self-care sabbatical. You say, I need a little time off and I'm going to do something to raise the frequency, whatever from all the way from walking to meditation, to a sound bath, to, I mean, I did things like I went to Vermont and I jumped off a mini cliff into the water and I've never done that before. Oh, that's, I I have never done that either. I'm, um, I I have a thing about like open water. That's oh, makes me a little nervous, but me too. Me <laughs> I do other too. risky behavior. Um, yes, before, I, before we run out of time, I, I also want to, this let's me, I want to make a sharp left turn. Cause I don't want to leave without asking you about your previous career. So before you founded Savor Beauty, you were a concert pianist and that's mm-hmm. a pretty huge pivot. So did you kind of like feel it was your calling to make this pivot or did you, I don't know, did you like break your fingers? Is that like a pianist injury? Like what, what happened (laughs) to make you make that pretty radical change? Well, I was uh, five months pregnant when I gave my last concert Mm -hmm. and I was also, I, at the time had started my business a little bit and like it was a hobby, um, savor beauty. So I 
was making lotions and potions in my kitchen. And I just made that decision that I didn't want to be touring and leaving my baby behind, you know? Okay. So it was a life change. Um, I know a lot of women who they often ask me, well, how did you get out of a career and start another one? And my best advice is start moonlighting because that's what I did. I started making lotions and potions in my kitchen during my downtime and start following your nose, like the yellow brick road, right? Just start following your passion and, but commit to it, right? You want to commit to um, every day doing that passion and eventually it can become a business or you can, you know, go back to school as while you're, you have your career. Cause not a lot of us have the luxury to not have a paycheck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can do that on the side. And if it is your passion, you're very drawn to it and excited about it. Yeah. So that's what I did. Interesting. So I know nothing about the career of being like a concert musician. And I'm mm-hmm. assuming, is it sort of like elite athleticism where it's it's kind of a hard business to be successful in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Like the chosen yes. few. Did you go to like, um, like an, did you go to like the school of fame? I know it's not like a real <laughs> yeah, school. Kind of. Like- <laughs> no, 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 no. That's such an awesome question. I love it. Um, so I went to a similar school. Yes. You can consider it that it's, it was called Eastman school of music. It's in Rochester, New York. Okay. And so these like school of fame, they, the, um, it's very competitive Everyone is super dedicated to their art. Um, excellence is the name of the game. And you practice like eight hours a day. Oh, and my it's gosh. Very yes, it's very disciplined. Touring, because I, I went on a lot of tours, and sometimes I was visiting more towns than a presidential candidate, if you could believe Whoa. it. Um, I'd wake up often like, what town am I in? And it was very lonely, actually, um, to be a solo pianist. It's kind of like being a speaker. If you if you go on mm-hmm. a speaking tour, it's very similar. Like it's, um, it's high intensity and bright lights and like big audiences and it's exciting for an hour. And then you go home and I just, my TV and remote control were my friends, you know, it was a very exciting, but lonely endeavor for me. It's interesting. Like I, I assume it's very different than being part of a symphony or a mm-hmm. choir or a band where you have other people that are with you. Like it's like a team. So it's, yes. it's a solo endeavor. Yeah. For me, it was a solo endeavor. There are a lot of musicians who are in orchestras who have um, musicians that they play with. For me, I was a primarily a, a solo concert pianist. So you know, that's, the, and that's, what's really interesting. I made this shift in my thirties. And so that's why I always tell women, you know, whether you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, you can make these shifts. You can yeah. decide that you want to do something different with your life. And, um, because Andrea, I was alone, like 90% of my time. And, I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to learn how to work in a team. And I didn't know anything about business. And the fact that I was able to launch a business, I basically, I call it school of hard knocks. I learned everything the hard way. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, uh oh, that was a huge failure. That was a big mistake. What was my lesson learned? And how am I going to improve from here? And that's what I did every day. You know, didn't you put, didn't you go into debt to open your first store yes. in New York yeah. City? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put around sixty thousand dollars on my credit card, and I didn't even know I was just getting into debt. It was so stressful. Yeah. But I always said to myself, well, if I don't make it in business, um, because it was expensive, like you had to buy all these ingredients, Mm -hmm. Um, opening up a retail spot in Manhattan is really expensive. And so, and (laughs) I didn't have money. I had Mm -hmm. no money, no experience. I was so naive. Like, I don't know if I would have the guts to do it today. You know what I was doing Mm -hmm. back then, right? Ignorance is bliss, right? So um, yeah, I went to debt and my life is all about game of inches. People think, oh, you have the successful business. Oh, honey, (laughs) sweat, blood, tears, and a game of inches. Like every day it was trying to get up and, and, you know, make a better decision from a mistake or, you know, small little seeds that I would plant along the way. Everything is a game of inches. Because if you think, oh, I'm going to do this big goal, it will stop you dead in your tracks. Oh, yeah. I call it a slog. I like yours. I like game of inches better. (laughs) Game of inches for a big, but game of inches for a big leap. Okay. Right. Yeah, exactly. But that's what people mostly see. It's just like, what's on the outside. And oh my gosh, you had this storefront in the West village and how amazing. And now it's successful, you know, however many years later it's been, but man, that people ask me like, what was the secret to your success? And I said, it was a few things. Um, First of all, I was an early adopter. The timing was everything for me. Second of all, mm. I had delusional confidence. I, yes. <laughs> because I was an yes. early adopter, there weren't a whole lot of people who had done what I did who were ahead of mm-hmm. me. So I was just like, of course it's going to work out. Like, why would it mm-hmm. not? It's like, I wish I had that same, it's that similar to ignorance is bliss. And also like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, I had a lot of masculine energy driving the bus Driving mm-hmm. the race car is actually because it wasn't a bus. Yes, yes, and a race car led to burnout. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine doing it any other way. But I, I will say it. There were lots of blood, sweat, and tears. Now I know where that term comes from because mm. it's it's a slog. It's that game of inches. And I also want to say one more thing before we close. And and this, you might disagree with me on this, but I also think that okay. entrepreneurship is not for everyone. And I, no, it's I, not. It's okay. not for everyone. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I, in fact, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of for a crazy few. Yeah, and it does not mean that we're better or smarter or more right. intelligent. Um, sometimes it's people that have a lot of resources that they didn't earn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also, you know, my husband tried it over the pandemic and then was kind of like, I don't think this is for me. And I was like, I could have told mm-hmm. you that ahead of time. I don't want you to see yeah. it for yourself. Yeah. It's, um, and I also think that. You know, sometimes every once in a on a blue moon, I get really tired and really burned out. And I, I think about going to work at a like for a corporation or a nine to five type of thing. And, uh-huh. and it just seems more appealing. And then I'll hear, you know, I'll have this conversation with myself. And then it's like, well, but I, I don't know if I would be passionate about that. And then yeah. I just also think that it is a luxury to be passionate about what you do. And I also okay. don't think that it's like all or nothing. Like you can still have a really fucking fantastic life and not be mm-hmm. passionate about your job. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want you to hate it. I don't want you to hate right, who right. you work with and think that what you do is worthless. But I just, I think that, I think girl boss culture was pushing this notion of like, if you if you love what you do, you won't work a day in your life. I'm like, really? 
Because mm-hmm. <laughs> this feels like a J-O-B most days. But I I just, I, I think the bottom line of what I'm trying to say is it's, you can still have a really fulfilling life and do mm-hmm. a job that you're not quote unquote, so passionate about. Right. And the passion, I really believe we all want and desire passion in our lives can come from hobbies and outside of nine exactly. to five. You know, I think, Andrew, you bring up a really good point. And yes, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. I, you know, I used to lead, I used to coach, I've probably coached thousands of women entrepreneurs. And here's what I will say. One thing that most of us have in common is that we had, we've had tough lives. Mm-hmm. And so it's, there's a lot of healing that many entrepreneurs find through their business. Um, you know, I know for me personally, I was kind of an outsider growing up as an Asian woman, Asian kid in a primarily white town in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned independence and I have to do it my way very early on. And so it's, there's, there is some value and something amazing about, and I feel sometimes I feel admiration and envious actually of people who can turn off work at five, you yeah. know, and there is something very nice about the stability of working for, you know, another company and not having to worry about payroll and not having to worry about the A to Z of running a business. There's something really beautiful about that too. So I think both ends have um, pros and cons. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'm hireable. I don't think, I don't, I think I'd get fired on the first day. (laughs) (laughs) Which was one of the big mouth and who can entertain you for a few hours. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yes, many entrepreneurs are not, uh, employable. I agree with that. Well, before we close up, I, I could talk to you all day long and just thank you Aww, so much for your, for your wisdom, for your rich wisdom today. And is there anything that you want to circle back to that we talked about over the last 45 minutes or so that you want to say in order to feel complete? I just, I want to circle back really quickly on feminine energy, because I think there's something, a very powerful message and, and lesson that we can learn from powerful and or from feminine energy. And that's mm-hmm. softening to receive, you know, and we talked about how you treat your skin is how you treat your soul. I think that like for, for Savor Beauty Facial, for example, we will use a hot moist towel and steam to soften the pores before applying nourishment, you know, through Mm -hmm. creams and serums. And this process of softening melts the debris and the hard stuff to butter-like consistency. So the skin can extract, you know, the the pimples or drink up the masked and creams nutrients. And I think we can, we can apply the same process to like the inner pores, right? The, the soul, Mm -hmm. when we soften the edges, what that means is you're slowing down. You're listening to others more intently, and then you're receiving, receiving to more abundantly and receiving means we talked earlier about my mistakes as an entrepreneur and as, as a human being, you receive, when you receive, you just start to listen. Oh my gosh, there was, there's a gift in that failure. There's insights. And when you start to receive those things and slow down to listen to those lessons and messages, um, it's, you start to have manifestations that are, that come from feel, feeling good, 
you know, pleasurable experiences. And so you become more connected to your relationships. I would even venture so far as to say you'll receive more financial abundance, even from that kind of openness, right? Um, And abundance in general with, with the people around you and connectedness to yourself and to others. So that's my closing statement of feminine energy, soften to receive. I love that. And also you might hear something on a podcast episode that sticks with you that you've heard before, or you might've missed, uh, you know, if you weren't. So I appreciate that so much. And where do you want people to go to grab the book and maybe get, you have some bonuses, right? Yes. So when you go to radicalradiance.com, you can click on virtual goodie bag. Um, and when you purchase a book, all you need to do is go to this link and upload your receipt, and then you'll get a good virtual goodie bag worth $350, which include um, a manifestation workshop that I created, my one minute glow routine to get ready for a Zoom meeting in, in a New York minute, um, beauty food recipes, and a $25 gift card to saverbeauty.com. So you can oh, just nice. get $25 of whatever you want at saverbeauty.com. So that's my gift to all of you. And so you need to do is just go to radicalradiance.com. I would love to connect with everyone at Angela Gia Kim on Instagram. And, um, and thank you so much, Andrea, for having me. It's been such a joy to speak with you. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. I, I want to just, just one more time, Radical Radiance, 12 weeks of self-love rituals to manifest abundance, beauty, and joy. And all of those links will be in the show notes, everyone, of this episode. Thank you listeners for sharing your time with me and my guest today. I, you know how grateful I am for your time. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes, andreaowen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed.